Hi, I'm Dave Kirpin. And I'm Carrie Kirpin. And you're listening to the In It Together podcast, episode one. How exciting is this, Carrie? I'm pretty excited. So uh, this is episode one, and I cannot wait to share every week with you all uh, stories from the world and our house, the crazy Kirpin <laughs> adventures. Um, and we'll be talking about relationships and managing careers and managing parenting all together because we've been doing that together for quite a while now. I'm pretty excited about this podcast because I don't know about you. You tell me. Every time I go speak or I, I do anything at all, it, it always comes up that we're married. We started the business together. It's, it's a, of course, a main part of our story. People always say to me, how do you work with your husband? How do you huh. do it? Uh, and so I think like... A lot of drugs. It, uh, yes, lots of drugs. Lots of drinking, lots of drugs. That's exactly how we do it. But I think it'll be good to help people understand... A, how we do it, and B, that like we're not perfect either. That's right. We're far from perfect. Far from perfect. So far. here's the format for the show. Every week we're going to talk about, we're, we're going to have four sections of the show. We're going to talk about this week in the world. We're going to talk about this week in our house. We're going to talk about one in it together hack or tip or something worth thinking about or investigating. And then we'll take some listener questions. Sound awesome. like a plan? I love this plan. I think before we start, though, we probably should tell people, like, the story of us, if they don't know us. Well, that's right. I figured since we don't have any listener questions since it's episode one, um, instead of doing listener questions, let's let's start with a little bit about our crazy story. Currently, as we're recording this, we don't actually have any listeners. Once they listen, we will. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hello out there. So, so, so here, here's a little bit about our story. And uh, some of you, if you've read, you know, my... One of my, my one of my books or Carrie's books. There's 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 stuff out there, but nonetheless, let's tell the definitive story of Dave and Carrie. It's a tale as old as time, Dave. Yes, it let's is. Let's tell it. Beauty and the Beast. I, yeah. I think we know who the beauty is <laughs> and who the beast is in that story. So so picture this. I am a salesperson for Radio Disney, and I'm just out of college, a couple years out of college, and I'm working really hard. I I, I am actually the number one salesperson in the company. And this woman started in the works, company in the, oh, yeah, in, in in the, the company. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this woman start work, work starts working at my office and within three months she drops me to number two. Well, as you can imagine, that woman uh, was Carrie, and I immediately fell madly in love with her, and I I just had a really strong feeling that she would be the one, you know, that she would be the person that I would wanna well certainly um, Sell, sell, sell stuff with, but really more important, be with. I, I build knew a business from the with. beginning that she was someone I'd like to sell. I knew that's, she would be a great sales she, partner. That's it. Never, it never, never told like you were that putting way. me on the market. Not exactly. I well, enjoyed it. Well, speaking of putting it on the market, there was one little problem with my planned uh, uh, love I was, uh, and partnership, fact, which Carrie was married already. I was off the market. You were, in fact, I off was the off the market. I was not on the market and available to you at that time. You had gotten married uh, fairly I, yes, young. Yes, I got married very young. I had one of the uh, now infamous uh, known as starter marriages, where you are married in your early 20s and divorced in your early 20s. Uh, I did have a starter marriage, uh, and I was married at the time that I met Dave. So we're living in Boston and, you know, uh, ultimately we were best friends, but obviously could not be more than that with Carrie being married and all. So Carrie ended up moving away from Boston to New York with her husband yep. to try to make her marriage uh, work and, and focus on, on that aspect of her life. And I did what anyone with unrequited love would do. I I left the, the, the Disney company and I went on a reality TV show to find true love. 
It sounds like uh, everyone's story, isn't it? Isn't I, everyone I, just going to reality I, television? I, I, I believe so. And so it was back, this was many years ago, 2003, and it was a very, uh, it was early on in the reality TV world. It was a, a show on Fox called Paradise Hotel. Uh, picture sexy singles at a luxury resort and me which made for a very good TV because here was this uh, not-so-sexy single with all these you know, sexy singles. You know, you say that. That's, it's really you putting yourself down. No, you fit right I'm, in yeah. well with those Paradise Hotels. You yes. were just... That's the nicest <laughs> compliment you've ever told me, Carrie. I fit right in with the Paradise you fit Hotel right cast. In with the models yes, and it was, all the meatheads. It was literally models and actors. Was, yeah, and then picture this New real. York Jewish entrepreneur. <laughs> and it was a little a little crazy. But in, in any case, I worked very, very hard to let to let go of Carrie and to, to move on. And so I went on the show. And afterwards, I was living in Los Angeles, a uh, D-list celebrity of sorts. And... Um, but I still missed her and I was actually at the American Music Awards and I just uh, I just walked the red carpet and actually we, we forgot this part the, the the year we met was the first season of American Idol mm-hmm. and so every day at, at, at the office we would talk about American Idol and in fact Carrie said Tamira Gray was going to win and I said Kelly Clarkson this was going to win this is a detail that you often include that you don't need to well it's an important part of the story because I was you right you just like to say that Kelly Clarkson won American Idol she and did. that you predicted it I, I correctly predicted it and you were wrong you said Tamira Gray was going to win part of the story well I think it's important in okay. any case I'm, I'm walking the red carpet uh and i just walked it walked the red carpet after ruben stuttered and clay aiken from american idol season two and so even though i hadn't talked to carrie in over a year you know i had a moment of weakness i missed her and so i picked up the phone and i called her and out of the blue i said hey carrie i'm hanging out with people from american idol on the red carpet what are you doing and what did you say I said, well, I'm home with my new baby, and I'm a single mama, and I'm actually quite happy in my life, and I ended up getting out of my marriage that I was not happy in, but ended it amicably and started my life on my own with my daughter, and good for you. Very excited you're hanging with Ruben Studdard. Good for you. And I said something to the effect of, I'm so sorry to hear your marriage didn't work out. Yes! Big fist pump on the other end. I mean, I'm sorry that I was delighting in your right. in your uh, sadness over that. Out. But frankly, that was the opening that I, I uh, guess I still I still wanted. It's certainly part of me. And so I, I I told Carrie a little white lie. I said I had to be in New York the next week to meet with my agent, which of course I had no agent. Let's be honest. But <laughs> uh, but I needed an excuse to go to New York, and I and I, I hopped on a flight and I went to New York and we went on a date and I quickly fell in love with her a second time. And this time was actually even better because not only well, was she reciprocal. actually available, and not only was she actually We're available, together. and not only was it reciprocal, um, but I got to fall in love with her, her daughter uh, at the same time. So it was like uh, two for the price of one, which was pretty amazing. And um, so we dated for over a year. And at the time when we got engaged, um, we both had this really strong I guess, marketing and brand uh, marketing background and sales background. And um, we had this idea, Carrie, Carrie had this idea, to be to be frank, uh, so, about how we would get married. Yeah, so this, this part of the story always takes an interesting turn. You know, Dave really is a larger-than-life personality. If you can't tell uh, from this podcast or any of the things that you've read about him or seen on social media... 
Uh, I wanted him to be able to have the wedding that he wanted, which would be as many people there as possible. Um, he was just somebody who wanted everyone to watch him get married. And this was before social media was a really big thing and you could just sort of live stream it and have a community online wedding. Uh, we needed to figure out how to have a physical presence that could have a lot of people. There was only one problem. I had had a wedding already that cost a boatload of dollars and ended about five minutes later, which really was a big embarrassment to me. And I, I certainly would never ask my parents for more money. I also had a child and wasn't going to invest tons of money in a wedding because weddings are really a wish. It's about your lifetime together and not about a party. Uh, and so I, I really needed to basically get out of a jam, which was that the person I loved wanted this huge thing. And I had no idea how I was going to be able to make it happen for him. And so we decided... We decided to pitch a baseball team on a sponsored wedding promotion. And we pitched the Brooklyn Cyclones, the minor league affiliate of the New York Mets. And the GM, Steve Cohen, said, this is the craziest idea I've ever heard. But for some reason, I I think you guys might be able to pull it off. And fortunately, we were. You know, we, we pitched 1-800-Flowers.com first. They sponsored our flowers. And Smirnoff sponsored our alcohol. And David's Bridal sponsored our bridesmaids gowns. And what we were able to do was create a really cool promotion during the game. So a picture, instead of throwing out t-shirts uh, while throwing out 1-800-Flowers uh, flower bouquets in between innings um, and then get married after the game on the field in front of 500 friends and family, everyone I ever wanted to invite, as well as 5,000 strangers who just stayed for the wedding after the game. So this was a really interesting part of our story because we got married in this sort of controversial wedding. I mean, it was it was a sponsored wedding shortly after Star Jones had her sponsored wedding, by the way. And even though, even as Dave describes it, the game was sponsored. And even though we raised money for charity and even though we did all of these things, you know, there were basically people and publications that were chomping at the bit waiting for us not to work out. And I believe I, I believe a New York Times said some me mean things. New York like Times. About.com. Oh, Gawker. I, I yeah. recently pulled up an old Gawker article. Not, we not. used to we used to send people flowers who wrote these articles years later, but we, we've stopped now that we've been married 15 years or so, almost 15. Bottom line is the, the, the wedding was a huge success. The marketing promotion was a huge success. Our, our vendors from the wedding literally came to us after they got so much media from the wedding. And every every news network in, in, in America was there. It was every national news network. And uh, 1-800-Flowers.com and Entenmann's, who had sponsored our dessert, said, this was awesome. What are you guys going to do next? We couldn't get married again, so we started a company instead. And that was our first company together. That was called the K-Buzz, which eventually became Likeable Media. And, you know, we, we've since started a, a couple other companies, Likeable Local, a software company. Apprentice is a marketplace now. And uh, we've written a bunch of books. I've written, uh, Carrie's written one, and I've written uh, four. And most important, we have um, raised Charlotte and had two more kids. Yeah. So... So, so that's a little bit about us. We've got now uh, three kids, uh, three businesses, uh, a bunch of books behind us, and a lot of a lot of lessons that we've learned along the way that we're really excited to to share with you all. And we've had a lot of ups and downs. I think in in running a business together, in running a life together, it's not always been so easy. And so I think that's an important piece of the podcast is that people people look at us a lot and they see, um, first of all, a baseball bride and groom who built this successful business. The, the narrative and the highlight reel is gorgeous, right? But when you really think about what goes into it, there were a lot of challenges. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we can break those down and help use them as, as teaching moments 
uh, for people. And hopefully they can take away uh, some insight from that in their own complex relationships. Totally. A lot of challenges, a lot of hard work, a lot of mistakes along the way. And, you know, even now we, we still have challenges, you know, and we'll, we'll get into this at some point in another episode. But we, we meet, literally meet weekly and review our week and we, we rate the week. And we literally, after doing this for a year, just got our first perfect 10 for each of us so the reality is things are not always perfect don't give away all of the hats i won't before I won't. that that's not in this episode okay my fair friend. enough fair enough okay enough let's about us on. enough about us and our story let's talk about what's going on this week in the world and i thought for our very first episode here we would talk a little bit about the super bowl are we allowed to even say that it's the big game, Dave. I think it's the big game. You're a marketer. Uh, it's a good point. You know this. I, I can't mention that. Uh, so if, if you're a, an attorney for the NFL listening, please disregard that. Yes. Um, we could be so lucky to have our first episode, to be sued for our first <laughs> right. episode. So many listeners. But, but uh, okay, the big game is coming, and lots of, lots of people will be very into this. Lots of men, lots of husbands, and fewer wives, I would say. But uh, on the other hand... I think the one football game that, in general, everyone gets into is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, would you agree? Yes. First of all, that's a generalization. A total sexist and, stereotype. Sorry about and that. And we come from a place of, uh, you know, like a different world because we're one of the few couples, I think, that really only watches baseball. Like, baseball is our thing. But we do tune in for the Super Bowl. And for of the course, ads. For the ads. We watch the Super Bowl for the ads, let's be honest. Yeah, I think the Super Bowl is a time where friends and family... The big game <laughs> is a time when friends and family come together and uh, just have a good time. It's so much less about the game. The halftime show, Yeah, there's all of that. But do you, are, you th- are you talking about how sports can impact a relationship? Because that I could talk about all day. Well, here, what I was thinking was while... While we don't necessarily have the uh, football widow syndrome, um, there are a lot of folks out there that struggle with, like, how do you, when, when one partner is really into something that the other partner isn't into, how do you, how do you best navigate that? And so while we don't have football, we, I, as you know, as, as, my, as Carrie knows very, very well, I am a, I am a completely obsessed baseball nerd and fan and and simulated baseball nerd like i i don't know if you guys know from a lot of people know fantasy baseball but i play a sort of like fantasy baseball meets dungeons and dragons simulated baseball game called pursue the pennant and i've been playing that for 30 years and you know i a lot of a lot of wives might struggle with the fact that i go into like total baseball nerddom with this let's also get real about your amount of extracurricular activities of things that you love to do you like pursue the pennant which is ptp you play tennis weekly you play poker weekly you have a lot of interests that are outside of things that i do luckily not football though not football that's true (laughs) but you're right are good no listen Here's, I don't say that with resentment. I actually, for me, you know, I'm somebody, and we'll talk about this, I think, in a little bit in this topic. I'm somebody who um, believes that the more connected you are, the more time you spend together, the more that's a show of love. Like, quality time is my love language. There's, I'm, I'm all about time spent together. And so, originally, I think early in our marriage, when you had so many passions, you're so passionate, you have all of these outside interests and all of these things. I think that was hard for me. And I think the reframe that I did uh, not only helped our marriage, but helped me a lot, which is those outside interests allow you to be so much more present 
when you're home. And it allows me to actually develop time on my own, which was really important for me. Like now you go on Tuesday nights tennis. I look forward to Tuesday nights because I have a whole routine that I do, you know, after I put the kids to bed and I'm watching my shows that you'll never watch. And I have my own things. The view, by the way, I watch the view every night on Hulu. Um, And yeah, I mean, I have a routine. So I think it's about when when your partner has a, an interest like football and it becomes Sundays are their thing, yeah. what can your thing be yep. that's a little different? And it's hard. Of course, you're watching kids. You've got all kinds of stuff. But you have to work out an agreement that allows you to have your own time, too. Right. And how can you embrace your partner's hobbies and activities without resenting them for that and making sure that you get what you need out of the relationship? Yeah, because if you do resent it, you have to say it. Right. You have to feel comfortable saying it because otherwise it builds and becomes a disaster. We could talk about that all day, too. We could. We so could. Many okay. Things. So anyway, the, the bottom line is... Um, to the extent possible when we can embrace each other's uh, activities, extracurricular activities that don't involve us, it actually strengthens the relationship significantly. Yes, I would say learn to support the love of sports if and we, you can. And we will both be watching the big game even if only we'll be, for the ads. The ads. I mean, I have I, I have to be honest, I have no idea who's playing in the Super Bowl. Is that, disgu- <laughs> is that disgusting? Do the you for- know? The 49ers and the Chiefs. You know! Well, I do. Wow. I know you're shocked. I am. Okay, we're moving on. This week in our house. So we are, we are, we have, we have a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a four and a half-year-old. So we, so the crazy thing about us as parents is we really have the range, okay? I like to joke that, that I am dealing with my oldest with who has a serious boyfriend and my youngest whose butt I still wipe <laughs> on the regular. You love that joke. Well, it's a dad joke, but it, but but it does demonstrate the wide range of children yeah. that we have. And so, right now, with our middle one, Kate, we are we are fully in the midst of bat mitzvah planning mode. Now, for those of you that are not like Long Island Jews or, or Jews in general, I will explain. <laughs> but for this context, particularly Long Island Jews, that, but right that a bat mitzvah is a coming of age ceremony that Jewish families uh, bar bat mitzvah embrace when when kids turn thirteen, they read from the Torah for the first time. And there's typically a celebration. Now, in certain markets, like, say, Long Island, New York, that celebration can take on... Uh, a life of its own. Yeah. I mean, if you guys have ever seen the show My Super Sweet 16 back in the day, that's kind of sometimes what Long Island bar bat mitzvahs can look like. Like, they get crazy. And it's very challenging because it is this truly beautiful, momentous, religious moment that is extremely meaningful. And you have this transition from, okay, we're gonna have this service and it's gonna be beautiful and she's gonna read from the Torah and you're crying and it's emotional. And then you walk into a party of epic proportions, which is a constant um, play of, you know, who had what at their bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah and how big can the bar or bat mitzvah be? And this is a game that we really don't enjoy playing. Well, it's a game you can't win because can't somebody win somebody else game. will always be better and bigger and crazier. And so, you know, what we really struggle, what I really struggle with as a parent is how do I, be- how do I frankly, give my child something that makes them happy while teaching them that the value of the religious ceremony and the religious aspects and the spiritual aspects is so much more important than how big and crazy their party is. And it's 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 a really hard struggle for me, Kat. And also, if we're being really real, 
it's a hard struggle to think about how much you're investing in a party. Like so much time, money, energy is spent on really what is just a party with loud music for 13 year olds. Right. For 13 year olds. This is not even like a wedding. This is this is um, a 13-year-old's birthday party, yeah. at the, the celebration part. Right. You know, the ritual is amazing. But you know what it is, Dave? It's like it, when when you're in a, a space where all the kids do this, you want your kid to not stand out in a way that makes them uncomfortable. Like if, if we took a stand and said, no, we're not doing this. We're just having this very meaningful event and we're going to have everyone, you know, we're not going to have a party and, and they want, you know, it would be very, very challenging. It's, it's challenging. Yeah. Well, this is the first time I'm going to actually ask our viewers, our listeners rather, to, to let us know what they think. How, how do they navigate re- religion versus um, At, the fun stuff? It's you not know? even just that. It's, it's the, it's, do you subscribe to the keeping up with the Joneses? You can't win. Right. And it's, it's, it's very challenging. So we, we've kind of hit a really nice middle ground. Of course, this is our second bat mitzvah now. So we, you know, the first bat mitzvah, we, I think we went really over the top. Over the top, out of control. The game, Too out much. Of control. But now what we've, we've learned to be able to give her something that she'd like, um, that she'll feel good about, but not go too nuts. Yeah. But that... it required a lot of communication. By the way, every bat mitzvah or major celebration we have is a major, major attention point for the Kirpins in our discussions around finances, around yes. planning, around control yes. of who does what. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about in every episode, Kara. I can't wait. But that being said, uh, time is running out very, very quickly. And so we the, the, next, uh, the next topic is your In It Together hack. So your In It Together hack or tip or, or guide. And I could talk about this next topic for literally hours. So I'm just going to make this a super quick intro to the personality assessment tool that I fell in love with several years ago at an entrepreneur's retreat in Miami from a guy by the name of Brad Kirschensteiner who opened my eyes to this thing and it's called the Enneagram and that's a crazy name for it so it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M Enneagram it's it's sort of like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC assessment if, if y'all have ever done a personality assessment or strength finders but I have found it to be, and I think, Carrie, you found it to be super, super valuable in really understanding what folks' core motivation is. And based on that motivation, how to better communicate and like have a relationship with that person. Yeah, I think it works in leadership and it certainly works for relationships. So why don't we take them through the types and then there's a place they can go take the test, right? Yeah, so we'll take them through the types like super quick, super quick, <laughs> and then and yeah, and then and then um, I think next episode we can get a little bit deeper into it. Totally, is, is that cool? You just say it's this is okay. So so there are nine core uh, enneagram types, and it really gets to your what your core motivation or driver is. So they're and they're all by numbers. So ones are driven for uh, perfection, twos are driven for connection, and carry is a very very much a two. So it's really really important for you, Kara, to be to feel connected to to me and to the people around you. Mm-hmm. Threes like me are driven for achievement and to be outstanding. So I'm like a crazy hardcore driven three. Uh, fours are driven to be unique. Fives are driven to be, to be detached and to learn. 
Uh, sixes are driven to be secure, security and loyalty. Sevens are driven for uh, excitement and adventure. Eights are driven to be powerful. And nines are driven by peacefulness and to be more peaceful. And uh, we will definitely get more into the Enneagram. But if you want to learn more, you can Google it or check out the Enneagram Institute dot com where uh, where you can take the test as well. Or I think I actually have a test up at Enneagram dot com myself. There's also an app called Ennea app. E-N-N-E-A P-P. Ennea app. Ennea or, app. Cool. Yes, I think it's, I think. E-N-N-E. You'll find it. I believe it. it's E-N-N-E-A-P-P. Yeah, but I yeah. think in terms of a hack, you know, for me, I, I liked hearing about the Enneagram, but what really was helpful to me was when I took the test. And what I realized was that once I found my underlying motive for things that I did, I became so much more aware of them and it helped me not only change my behavior, but when I understood Dave's underlying motives, it helped me adapt for what he needed too. And it helped me understand him better. And so our hack for today is definitely for you and your partner to take the Enneagram test, check it out and just share it with each other and see what happens. Totally. For me, probably the number one thing is um, learning my blind spots and learning my the, the areas that I know I need to work on because of my Enneagram type. That has been super, super valuable. Okay, the, the final part of our show, normally we would take listener questions, but we have no questions because it's episode one. So instead, I'm going to invite y'all to share your questions with us. Hit me up or carry up on social media. We're on every uh, social network imaginable. And as well, I would love, love, love if you liked what you've heard, that if you could subscribe to this podcast and if you could leave a review. Reviews and subscriptions mean everything to us and they will really help uh, bring up, bring you more episodes. And so I thank you very, very much in advance for uh, leaving us a review or hitting that subscribe button. And much to our children's chagrin, nothing is off the table. You can ask us whatever you'd like, and we will answer it for you. Ask us anything, baby. And until next week, uh, I am super, super grateful to you for listening. And uh, this is Dave Kirpin. And this is Carrie Kirpin. We are in it together, and we're signing off.